0: We're glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Pray the Word of God always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Well, now that's the way God would pray for you. If He's going to pray for you, He'd just simply pray the Word of God. That's all He'd pray. So when it says here, he make intercession for the saints according to God, that's powerful. And then verse 28, see in the context, is that after you have prayed in the Spirit, prayed according the way God would pray, then you know that all things work together for good. Now see, isn't it amazing that the Apostle Paul didn't believe, he's the one that wrote this, and he didn't even believe that all things, wholesale, you know, over the whole earth, work together for good. See, if it were true that all things did work together for good, then you'd have to say that, well, because Adam sinned, it worked out for good. And then when I sinned, it worked out for good. Well, now, you know that's a lie. That couldn't be true because it wasn't God's will for Adam to sin. It's not God's will for you to sin. And your sin is not going to work out for good. So you see how people can take a truth, See, it's truth in the context of the scripture. But then when they pull it out of that context and try to fit it over here in something else which it had nothing to do with, then it becomes total error. And it causes people to be held in bondage. Now, see, that's why we call it a sacred cow scripture. They worship that scripture and use that scripture in everything to say that, well, it's going to all work out all right because the Apostle Paul said all things work together for good. No, the Apostle Paul didn't say that everything over the whole earth worked together for good. He didn't even believe it himself because he wrote to the church at Thessalonica and he said, I would have come to you once and again. But he said, Satan hindered me. Now, isn't that amazing that the Apostle Paul didn't even believe what he wrote. (laughs) Well, certainly he believed what he wrote because he wrote it in the context of what he's talking about. But you see, he didn't pull it out of context. Now, if he'd have said concerning the church there, said, I would have come to you once and again, but you know what I wrote to you and said, all things work together for good, so I know that because I was hindered, it was for good. But see, Paul didn't say that. And you see, we make a mistake when we try to say that. Because it's not true that all things work together for good. Well, that'll help you. See, it gives us insight into some things and keep it in the context. Now, let's go right quickly to some other, because I've got several here that I want to share with you. Go to Philippians, the second chapter. Now, here's a passage of Scripture that you've heard quoted, I've quoted, and everybody else has probably quoted it, and we quoted it out of context. You've heard people say this, well, Paul said, just work out your own salvation. And if you really believe, why, it'll just be all right, you know, whatever you believe, if you're really sincere about it. Well, that's not true, because you could be sincere and be sincerely wrong, and end up dying and going to hell. He's not telling you to just work up your own plan of salvation for yourself. Let's look at it in the context. Verse 12 says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for is God that worketh in you both the will and to do his good pleasure. Now, if you look at this in some of the Greek and some other translation, what he's actually saying here is, be carrying your own salvation or deliverance into effect. Now, that puts a whole different light to it. He's not telling you just work up your own plan of salvation. <laughs> no. There's a way. There's God's method, you see. But he's telling you be carrying it into effect. In other words, if you believe. See, there's people who say, well, I believe Jesus is Son of God. Well, carry that into effect if you believe that. Have you ever confessed that Jesus is Lord? Have you ever made him the Lord of your life? Well, if you haven't, then you have not carried that into effect. Somebody said, I believe that healing's in the atonement. I believe that Jesus bore our sickness and our disease. I believe we're healed by his stripes. Well, have you ever carried that into effect? Have you ever set it in motion? Well, that's what Paul is saying here. Be carrying your deliverance into effect. Be setting it in motion. Have you ever acted on the word of God concerning the promises of God? So, you see, this is what he's referring to. Now, let's go on over to the fourth chapter. Here's another passage of Scripture that has seemingly been a hindrance to many people, and it wasn't designed for that. Paul says, verse 11, well, let's back up to verse 10. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care for me has flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Now, that's been quoted to me over and over and over again by people that don't believe in prosperity. Well, now, the Apostle Paul says, just be content with whatever you have. And see, there's another place where Paul said something similar to that. But you see, they take it out of context. Now, here Paul is referring to the fact that he said, your care for me has flourished again. In other words, you've sent an offering to me again. And he said, but I don't speak in respect of want. Because he said, I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Now, the literal translation of that reads like this. I have learned in whatsoever state I am to be independent of circumstances. In other words, he said, I don't let circumstances dictate to me how I feel or how I act. He's not saying that I'm just going to be content in whatever state I'm in. I'm just going to lay down and just let it happen. And whatever will happen will happen. And if it won't, it won't happen. And I just can't do anything about it. Now, that's the way we've kind of looked at that scripture. But it's a powerful scripture. He's saying that I have learned in whatever state I find myself... I will just be independent of that circumstance. I won't be ruled by that circumstance. And I'll tell you, when you look at it like that, it changes the whole version of the whole thing and gets you in the position where you can see what he's actually saying. Now, go to Hebrews, the 13th chapter, verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now there's people that say, well, now, you see, here the writer said, which I believe to be the Apostle Paul, said, be content with such things as you have and you ought not to own anything else but what you have. You ought not be trying to use your faith and to get things from God. (laughs) Well, now let's just stop and see if this is really true. I mean, in that light, see. Now, he goes on here and says, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what men shall do unto me. Then he goes on down in verse 8 and says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, you see, when you bring it into context... Makes a lot of difference what it says, doesn't it? But now let's look at it in this life. Is he really saying that we ought to be content with what we have and not want anything else? Alright, is he talking about finances? Then, why would it say in the scripture, give and it shall be given unto you? If we ought to be content with what we have, then we ought not give anything or ought not receive anything. See, when we take a scripture out of context, you get in trouble with it right away. He's not saying you ought not covet for anything, you see. He says, uh, let your conversation be, with or your way of life be without covetousness. But now, wait a minute. The Apostle Paul says, covet earnestly the best gifts. Talking about the gifts of the Spirit. So, you see, if you take a truth here and try to make the truth out of it, then you've got trouble all over again, See? It becomes a sacred cow scripture, and it'll get you in a position where it holds you in bondage instead of setting you free. Now, God gave you this word and set you free. See, this is the gospel. This is good news. But if you get it out of context, you're going to get bad news out of it. Now, certainly, there's some things that the Bible says we ought to covet. Covet earnestly the best gifts. Now, if you're going to be content with such things as you have, then you know, if an individual, if that were true wholesale, that was just a complete truth, it was the truth. Then if a person only had to heard about salvation and had never heard about healing, then the writer would be saying, you ought to be content just to be saved and not be healed. Well, now you know that's not involved in there. And then you could carry it over in all the other areas, you see. If you haven't received the Holy Spirit, then you ought to just be content by not having the Holy Spirit or not speaking with other tongues. Well, see, you're in trouble again there with that. So, be careful with these scriptures and keep them in the context. Now, you see, Paul said, foolish and unlearned questions avoid, for they do gender strife. You see, Romans, the fifth chapter, the apostle Paul says, They that receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life the one Jesus Christ. In other words, they'll reign as kings in life. In fact, the Amplified says reign as kings in life by one Jesus Christ. Well, that's what the Apostle Paul said to do. But you see, the people that oppose this, they'll go and underline all of the scriptures that says you ought to be content with what you have. They'll underline all the suffering scriptures. They'll underline all of these others. And that's the ones they meditate and study and they stay up all hours of the night trying to prove it's not God's will for them to be healed or for them to be prosperous, when if they'd just take God's Word and just confess the Word of God, they could enter into the abundance, and they could enter into the provision that God made
1: for them. Thank you so much for joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Now, before I leave the broadcast, this is the last day for CD offer number 7203, Kicking Over Sacred Cows, two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, a total of $19. Kicking Over Sacred Cows, you need to know that there are certain scriptures in the Bible that some people allow to become a sacred cow to them. They wouldn't dare eat it, but it holds them in bondage. You know, over in India, some people worship cows instead of eat them, and sometimes people allow certain scriptures to hold them in bondage because they don't understand. Now, we talk about in Hebrews chapter 12, the chastening of the Lord, and we point out what it means. It means to child train. And you see, people that are not Christians, they do not receive the chastening of the Lord. The scripture says But the children all received chastening of the Lord. Well, now, if it was sickness and disease, only Christians would be sick. None of the unsaved would be sick if that were true, that the chastening of the Lord was sickness and disease. But you know that every people have sickness from time to time. But don't blame it on God. You need to know that it's not God that's causing it. Now, we also talk about what about Job in this album. So many people have the wrong idea about Job. Now, if the scripture in Job that said, The Lord hath given and the Lord hath taken away has become a sacred cow scripture to you, it needs to be kicked over because the Lord didn't take it away. The devil took it away. Somebody said, Yeah, but God allowed it. Yeah, let me tell you something else. God will allow anything you will allow. There was a hedge about Job, but fear tore the hedge down. And you need to know that if you tear the heads down, the thing might happen to you, but it wouldn't be from God, it would be from the devil. You need to see the offer number 7203, Kicking Over Sacred Cows. Two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, a total of $19. We have a toll free order line 1 877 396 1 877 396 until Monday, this is Charles Caps reminding you the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and yes, Jesus is coming soon.
0: To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Capps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescapps.com.